Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Hello and welcome to Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast, the premier flagship and international podcast of LRM Online. I'm your host, Brandon Jones, and with me this week is Nick Dahl and Danny K. Bartlett. What's going on, gents? Good, good. Good to be back. It's good to be back. It's lovely to see your handsome faces again. It's good to have you back. Um, So, Danny, you've been gone for a while. I'm going to put you on the spot right now. So oh. before we started the show, you were talking about all the times you've been screaming at podcasts and yelling at the TV. If there was one piece of thing that has come out since you haven't been on, um, oh shit! What what would be the one thing that you would want to rant and talk about right now? What is it? Oh fuck! Yeah. You should have given me a heads up on that. Oh. There was so much. I started Damn it. out. I started out by saying I'm going to put you on the spot. All right, all right, all right. Now I'm I'm not. I'm not 100% sure that this is the most annoying thing, but I think it's close because it came, it was the first, the first thought that came to my head. The spotting, the seeing, the imagining, the conjecture, the um, squeezing in of Mephisto into every fucking Marvel show that comes on or whatever it is. I, uh, it, I, Honestly, if, if he's coming, if he's not coming, I, do, I really, really, stop it. I really don't care. It's like I saw, it's almost like, you know, when you see the, the face of, a, of, of Jesus Christ in your bowl of cereal or something like that. You're just imagining this shit, people. Until someone actually sees it, stop it. I it really don't like it. It happens to me all the time. What, you, what, you see my face in your cereal? You Jesus? <laughs> no. Actually, God Jesus usually does have like a British mate. accent. In my alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on a, but but jokes aside, and there there may well be that he is being introduced at some point. I just it's frustrating that I can't watch a Marvel show and then read about it or see about it without someone spotting Mephisto in there somewhere. I mean, did we did we see him in the last uh, Venom trailer by any chance? Was it in a, on a poster <laughs> in the background? Was there a number? I, I, it's right in the middle of the poster. The Venom yeah. form an image. <laughs> I think the last time I recall any conversation about it was in the uh, Spider Man trailer like people were talking about that like one it was the one more day storyline that people are using and then when peter was going into the school somebody had a picture of peter and his face was done up with like devil horns and like double so oh, like, God. right there that's that's my fist like it's no, coming that's so. i haven't the first time i saw that i'm like why did they make him look like daredevil <laughs> <laughs> that's probably more like it because daredevil may or may not be in the in the in the, the film right there's still um there's still conjecture about that yeah and yeah. On, on my other podcast kyle still insists we'll see him in the next like three movies and i'm like we're not seeing mephisto anytime soon if they use him in a, like a few years it'll almost be as a joke to be like ah now we got you I just feel like, because like, yeah, Mephisto's involved in all these storylines, but I think they're using Doctor Strange. Yeah. Like, 
I want the them. To oh, use, oh. I want them to snoke Mephisto, right? So like, as soon as they introduce him, somebody just chops his fucking head off. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like I aim for the oh, head. Devil. I aim for the head. We're all done here. Or, or it's another, or it's another. Um, oh, what's his name? I forgot his name. Or it's another uh, character played by Slattery, uh, Ben Kingsley. <laughs> I was, I was paid. I was paid to, to play do it. Devil. Yeah. I was just paid to play the devil. It was, a, it was the same as when I was Hamlet. You know, I was played this Mephisto character, this horned beast from below. <laughs> so good. That'd be pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> It's okay. That's the that's the thing. It's Mephisto. All right, groovy. Well, it's funny. Uh, you should say that. I mean, I actually have no I have no follow on to that. There's no segue. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, on today's show, we're going to be doing a review of Malignant. But before that, we've got several news stories. Lots of stuff about what's going on in DC. Um, they've had a few things happen over there. Some big, some small. So we'll run through those first, and then we'll get to the smaller stuff, and then we'll get to Malignant. Um, and did Danny, did you say you did see the last episode of what if, um, the last episode I saw, and now you're probably going to tell me I've missed one. The last one was the zombie one. Has there been another one dropped since then? There has been another one. Because, um, just before you start, Jones, I will say this, we've got this little, I watch it with my nephew, so I'm not allowed to watch it unless they're watching it. So if there is another one, then I haven't seen it yet. Um, but you are more than welcome to go into spoiler stuff if you want. Yeah. I'm not upset by that. But you know, so I am one behind then, am I? I'm one behind. Yes, one Just behind. behind. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Can't let's right. go into impressions about it. We don't need to spoil the hell out of it. But yeah, I, th- I think that's fine. I think I can do an easy overview of that and just talk about that stuff. Um, so I think for me, the most important DC news going on right now is the fact that you know, Christopher Nolan is doing his next movie, which is about uh, Robert Oppenheimer, who is the father of the atomic bomb. And here Nolan is dropping his own goddamn bombs. So Christopher Nolan's next movie will not be put up at Warner Brothers. It's going to be put up at Universal Studios. And so uh, listeners, me and Jammer recall, it'll make you wrong. We thought next week, I thought maybe Universal, but we were looking at we, and Jammer was like, he's not going to work with a studio that has a streaming service. And I'm like, and Sony doesn't have a streaming service. And that is one of the people they shopped it to. Sony right. does have a streaming service. They have Crackle. Well, that doesn't really count. It's shit, but it is a streaming service. Yeah. It's <laughs> been around forever and it's mostly shorts. Yeah. Um, so what I think is interesting about this is, you know, listener, you recall that Christopher Nolan was one of the loudest critics talking about the fact that Warner Brothers was doing this either, well, bifurcated release. So things were going to be released in the theater and things were going to be released to Warner Brothers streaming service, HBO Max. Um, So I don't know what the release date is on this film, but this is, I think, going to be an important film for him. It's going to be his first film in a new studio. More importantly, it is... It's more akin to Dunkirk than any of his other films, right? Usually yeah. these films have some sort of fantastical element to them. Um, this is going to be just as grounded as Dunkirk, if not more so, right? It's just going to be, for the most part, people in a room talking and then an atomic explosion somewhere here and there. Um, the atomic explosion creates time to go weird. And that's why we're viewing the movie in the weird order. <laughs> I mean, if that did happen, that'd be pretty cool. Um, so, Nick, what do you, what do you, how do you feel about this whole situation? I think 
No, I actually think it's good you kind of follow through with it. Not because of, I don't really see what Warner Brothers did as big of a deal because I'm obviously not a filmmaker and I've enjoyed watching the movies at home. But if he's, it's, it's, it's exciting to see he has a new studio to work with. And obviously not much is going to change because they're going to be like, do whatever you want. But I did find it was interesting. The list of the studios, he also pitched like MGM, uh, Sony, and Warner Brothers. He was in negotiations with Warner Brothers also, but decided to go elsewhere. Those are the final studios he was shopping it to, I read. And they're like, Warner Brothers? So he at least considered their offer and was like, eh, fuck off. <laughs> I'm yeah, not going to do Hammer's Christopher Nolan impression. But. Yeah, I think that their, uh, their decision weighed heavily against his own decision. So, yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, is that it? Is that what you got? Yeah. Okay. So, Danny, this dude made billions of dollars for Warner Brothers. Um, how do you feel about this situation? And how do you think Warner Brothers feels about this? I can, I can, <clears throat> excuse me, I can imagine that they're, um, they're not, they're not very happy that they've lost one of their big earners. But after what happened with Tenant, uh, Tenant, Tenant being the release, the dropping it on on the cinemas only, on the big screen only, and all that stuff that we all talked about quite a bit about the financial side of it. I can only imagine that there were a few a few bridges that were kind of burned there, and uh, and maybe that was best for 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 Christopher Nolan to to get out so that those challenges didn't come again. Even though up to that point, I think the relationship was beneficial for both of them. So I'm sure it's a little bit of a double edged sword for them. I'm sure they're they're happy to to not have that kind of stress and drama potentially in the future. Who knows what's going to happen? But at the same time, they are saying goodbye to someone that does make them a, a, a fair bit of money or if not a fair bit of money a certain amount of um what's the word i'm looking for not notoriety um a certain amount of prestige. credibility as, yeah. yeah yeah prestige yeah oh a christopher nolan dropped there um, um a prestige credibility as as a film studio not just the comic book films obviously nothing against those but they are diverse in what they make they don't mind making films that appeal to a shall we say a, a minority of people rather than a, a, a huge majority so i think it's a bit double-edged for them i'm sure i'm sure whoever he's going to is happy to have him that's that i can i'm, I'm very very confident about universal has got to be super pleased they yeah, only have a lot of big pleased. franchises yeah you got like fast and the furious the illumination entertainment and jurassic world which is almost over until the next trilogy one yeah. assumes yeah, I think it's a huge deal. Um, again, as somebody who made billions of dollars for that studio, it'll be interesting to see what he does at um, Universal. I, I think again, this is a uh, this first film going to be fascinating to see how it does. I don't know that I'm particularly excited to see it. I'm curious what the details of it are going to be. Um, I'd rather be fantastical. That would be cool. Um, and as someone who likes to play with time. Just like you brought up, Nick, like that seems to be a lot. Uh, it it folds into a lot of his movies, yeah. and so mm. a lot of movies have talked about you know the release of atomic bombs and that kind of energy being a gateway to some sort of time shift. Mm. So it'd be interesting to see if if he plays it completely straight or if this is going to get timey wimey, as Doctor Who would say. But we'll see. Maybe it's part of the monster verse. Maybe it's all connected to Godzilla and King Kong and stuff like that. That's how we're going to get a uh, Pacific Rim up in the Godzilla King Kong universe. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Damn. You heard it here first. Nolan's yeah. doing a Kong film. Kong Godzilla. So I think, Kong film. I think Gypsy Danger, she was nuclear. 
So I think that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. Oppenheimer's well, transport to the future. Gypsy yeah. Danger, the uh, the mech from. Oh, oh sorry, because I thought that was your porn name. Sorry, John. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's my stripper name, not my porn name. Ah, <laughs> sorry. Well, that was your day job name. Sorry. <laughs> Dennis, Denise, what's the guy who directs Dune? I can never help. Denis Villeneuve. He's HBO. I mean, he's uh, Warner Brothers only, right? At this point. Yeah, as far as I, I know, so. yeah. And then he also, uh, they also obviously made the move. They promised to make a sequel. If, even if it, it's not big at theaters, but they get a big enough HBO Max thing, which I actually think benefits Dune. Because I don't think it would make enough money for a sequel with just the theatrical launch in normal times, I think. A lot of people yeah. who don't care about it will watch it because it's on HBO Max. But I only bring them up because I we don't I don't want to discuss the whole thing, but because uh, we discussed this with so many directors. But today in today's news, <laughs> he got asked about Marvel movies like all the prestige directors and didn't have anything nice to say about it. But as we've talked about before, that's just the press being like, "Hey, hey, what do you think about Marvel?" Yeah, and he basically called him cookie cutter not worth his time or something it's like okay let me so make one that isn't yeah yeah do it yourself yeah you you don't have to go and watch it and you don't have to make it the same so do do something different absolutely which is what he's doing with 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 his dude did you guys discuss that by the way um his uh, his hbo max deal as far as a a sequel is concerned yeah yes um so we talked about it about a month ago and then i tried to see his comments from a certain point of view that didn't mean he was an asshole and then he doubled down on it proving that i was wrong and that he is in fact an asshole no not the not the marvel comments the the about the the sequel oh sorry is that what you meant sorry not the sequel. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sequel. I thought you meant streaming versus theatrical. Release. No, I apologize. No, I meant the the sequel. They'll get. They'll give him the money for a sequel should it be successful on HBO Max and the big screen. No, what did you guys talk about, about that? that? No, no, we haven't talked about that. I think it happened in the last week. Yeah, but um, would it would it would it would it throw your plan off if if I just asked what you what you felt about that? Because I actually thought that was. That was quite interesting. Now, I'd like to know because, especially uh, you, Nick, there, because you got a bit more of an insider on the numbers kind of thing. Jam is normally very good at this too. You know, what kind of numbers would we be looking at? Do you think um, both HBO Max and the big screen for them to consider a sequel? Because I, I can't help but thinking back to Blade Runner twenty, what was it, twenty forty nine or whatever yeah. Blade Runner film, because a shit ton of money was thrown at that, and it, and it wasn't much of a success. That, that let's be honest, but either uh, sorry. It wasn't much of a success financially. Yeah. And that was a shitload of money to make, as is June. And that Blade Runner film was released pre-COVID, right? Pre-pandemic. So it had the opportunity to be on the big screen. So what what do you, what do you think about that? And especially the money side of it, the numbers. I think to look more for an appearance thing and also to keep him around since they lost Nolan, I think we're getting a Dune 2 no matter what. Like... At this point, the script's done. Probably could use some of the same set. I don't know the story of Dune, but like, it's a, uh, I don't know. It just sounded, when they released that comment, it sounded like, a, yeah, they just greenlit Dune 2. Is what, I what, do you, what do you think the minimum number is, though? I mean, how does the HBO subscription work? Because it's not like Disney Plus where you pay $30 for the film, is no. it? Or is it? We don't have it here, remember? I don't no. know how HBO yeah, works. Yeah, so there's HBO no premiere access. Movie. Yeah. So, so it's just dumped onto HBO Max and that's the monthly fee, is it, or an annual or whatever it is. Okay. Yeah. So there's no way of really telling if, unless people... They release sub- numbers. Buy a subscription numbers. to release it. There's no way of knowing or... 
Uh, well, they also track how many people are watching it as well as tracking how many people joined around the time. Wow, when that's, came out. that's fascinating. That's actually their biggest movie of the year streaming wise. Because it's a long film, right? And if you're watching at home, if you're watching at home, that the, sh- surely the, the, there's going to be, it's on, but then you fuck off to go and make a cup of tea and go and walk the dog and, 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 and do something else while it's playing in the background. I, I, I can't see how that whether I'm, I'm, I guess I'm trying to struggle about whether or not that makes it a success or not as to whether or not people stop it halfway through or they vote the thumbs up thumbs down like a Netflix or something I, whereas the, at least the box office shows how much money well, I, I guess that's what I when uh, Justice League Zack Snyder's came out um, and they had like these huge numbers the first weekend and then they were like oh, most of these people didn't watch past five minutes sort of thing. So no. like, does that count? Because <laughs> then yeah. they came out with that later where they're like, we're going to decrease the numbers. We're not going to count people who only watch like 20 minutes of it as a success. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Um, it's always hard. I don't know how that works with like even YouTube and stuff or playing a full podcast. How does that well, does it hit? So Dune is, I miss Dune. <laughs> YouTube is a little different, right? Because it almost doesn't matter if you watched it for five minutes or 20 minutes what you still get is metrics that i can use to sell you shit so it's a different business model it's not a subscription i mean part of youtube's service is now subscription based but it has like that's relatively new as compared to the the analytics that they get and the ability to sell you new stuff and get you to click on something um, from you watching even if you only watch something for five minutes Um, if anything five minutes is good right because you're on to the next thing and they're building their knowledge base of who you are um, I, I think it'll be interesting to see because like you said, Danny, Dune is long. It's two hours and 35 minutes. Uh, and yeah. We're not doing that. Fuck, it's hard to believe that James Bond is going to be longer. Fuck, I, I thought James Bond should be that three long hours. Longer, I don't think. Yeah, what is it? Two two hours and 45 minutes? That's plenty yeah. of time. Uh, that is plenty of time to die. I saw that. is so much time to die. We saw the same tweet. There was plenty of time. Yeah, plenty of time. Um, it's just a flesh wound. It'll take him a long time to bleed out or something. <laughs> I, I think from the parents' perspective, I think Nick is right. I think that they have to keep this guy around. I don't know if I think that that's the right call um, because it just seems like you're throwing good money after bad, especially because I have heard very mixed um, reviews of Dune. I've seen tens and I've seen twos, right? I've seen people say that I saw somebody's tweet that said Dune is a film that is in theaters that you can in fact watch. That is my review. I saw that one too. Um, And I I know somebody that saw it. I'm actually going to talk to him about it this afternoon. He's in Toronto and got a chance to see it. And he's like, it just seems like watered down Star Wars. So like, it looks like, I mean, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings. Only because they like say we're house to tear, like they have the house name and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. It's very much fantasy also, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, Star Wars is fantasy. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, and Dune being written when it was, like it mm-hmm. is one of those originals, right? So it, it, it can claim those things without necessarily being a derivative of this other stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how people react to it. But I, I've, I think that when we get mass critical reviews, it's going to be pretty polarizing. Well, I've got my I've got my IMAX tickets booked for next Friday. They were really? first showing next Friday. Okay. Um, 
I, I, I seem to remember Blade Runner had that then? same kind of polarizing. Sorry, Nick. Does that mean it's out earlier then? We've got it next week. Yeah, I got my tickets next Friday, so we. I don't this, think we get yeah. till October. I'm not. I have to double look it up. It's a big. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I think. But wasn't Blade Runner that equally polarizing? Wasn't it? Well, yeah, polarizing. Yeah. Wasn't that? Didn't that have like high scores and low scores in, yeah. and yeah. and to middling stuff too? Uh, well, because that's kind of what I was thinking. Was I think I've got this impression that it's going to be another Blade Runner kind of mix of reviews, wonderful to look at, not much, didn't make a lot of money, which is why I was surprised that they would consider a, a, a sequel what hasn't been shown necessarily yet to be worthy of one or good enough. And that leads me to worry that this film won't be a complete film, as in uh, a definitive not, end. Isn't that like half yeah. the first book or something? So. Again, one of the reviews that I saw um, said that that it just doesn't know where to end, and it just does. And, oh, fuck. Yeah. And one of the things that kind of frustrated me about the review that I read, not from because of the reviewer, but for what it said about the movie, one of the reasons I wanted to see this movie was because I really like Zendaya. Um, it turns out that she <laughs> is barely in the movie. She says, and, and she's all over the trailer. <laughs> yeah. All over the trailer, like I feel like that trailer was made for somebody like me. Yeah, (laughs) she's gonna have a permanent role in the second one. She's supposed to be like the protagonist, but we'll see what happens. Oddly enough, here's what I find funny about Blade Runner: Um, actually, an 88 percent from critics and an 81 percent from the audience on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like for it to have flopped. I'm sure though. Um, it's surprising that it got such high reviews from both critics and audiences. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Money. Yeah, that seemed higher than they both would have given it, especially if I thought fans would have raked that one to the coals more. But I will say, so, I mean, you- just like with, with the whole Dune thing, though, like I've seen the trailers. There was a trailer on Free Guy, I was saying Extra Jammer, and I, 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 you know, I did a little lean over to talk to him, thing, and I'm like, I have zero interest in this film. It just looks like gray blah, like sci-fi with like nothing new and just looks like it's going to be long as fuck. And you got to, you got to do the Anakin voice, right? You got to like sand. sand. (laughs) (laughs) It's coarse and it gets everywhere. (laughs) And of course I hate sand people as an extension. But she does. And sand worms. Well, in this case, it would be, I hate sand worms. Yeah. Um, hate spice. Who doesn't love spice? Um, so yeah, I, that's it's funny how we spun that out from Nolan to Dune to Villeneuve, but yeah, that's it's a fucking Star Wars. Wars. We managed to get back to Star Wars. We, we did it. We did it. Time to Star Wars. It, it, that, uh, that, uh, who is it? Who was it? You just talking about Jonesy that was in June, but apparently isn't in it very much. Zendaya. Yeah, so I'm obviously having a hard time with names tonight, Steve. Um, it's going to be the Mark Hamill in uh, Force Awakens again, right? Oh, Luke Skywalker's back. Luke Skywalker's back. Well, he's in the last four seconds of the film. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty accurate. That's pretty accurate. Because she is like a third of the trailer. She's a huge part of the trailer. She does the voiceover for the goddamn trailer. So, we'll so enough. You guys ready to move on? Let's move on. Yeah. Let's talk about some more DC news. So we've got a bunch, bunch, bunch of Batman news. So exclusive from Giant Freaking Robot, they're reporting that Michael Keaton is going to be getting his own solo Batman project. 
Um, so there aren't a lot of details about this. And because of COVID and DC slate, it's hard to say exactly where this is going to fit. Uh, but it seems like Michael Keaton will be a 70-year-old Batman doing Batman things in his own solo movie. Um, Batman Beyond. It's a Batman well, solo I, movie for Keaton. I don't think he would just... I don't know. It's a 70-year-old Batman. I know we used to watch like 70-year-old Indiana Jones and like uh, Ethan Hunt and uh, like Arnold Schwarzenegger and stuff. But So it's weird, it's right? Weird. I do think that a better use of him as Batman as a 70 year old would be to groom a Terry McGinnis because for Warner brothers, that gives you a whole nother franchise. Yeah. Right. Keaton can't be Batman until he's 90. Yeah. And, and so what that means for you. Yeah. You, you get your cake and you too. You have Batman beyond. Yep. Films. And it, it eases people into it. Um, so I, without seeing it, my first impression is that this is a bad idea. Um, but Danny, what do you think? I'm, I'm nodding my head when you said that last bit, that this seems like a bad idea. I, 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 I'm, I, I hate being that person that jumps to the conclusions of, I don't want this, I do not want to see this, because I'll always be, well, let's show me a trailer, show me something tangible that I can look and look at and hear and stuff. But right now, just based on what we know, which is very little, I'm not excited by it or... I'm 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 nothing it if I if I wanted another different solo Batman in the future Batman Beyond thing I'd rather have uh, Ben Affleck come come and do it or mm. or John Hamm or someone like that someone completely new to do it that that could could do the older Batman kind of thing um, but yeah I'm I'm nothing on this unfortunately I'm not excited about this and I know we're going to talk about some other DC stuff so I'll withhold a little bit on on the other things too. Uh, but yeah, I'm nothing on this. Love Michael Keaton. Don't think he, don't think he's Batman anymore. Okay. I yep. don't, they're not a super trustworthy source, but I'm sure Warner brothers is, I, I can't imagine they wouldn't be thinking about doing something big with Keaton aside from cameos. Um, but yeah, just the way that I do hope. And I hope they realize that that, I mean, Batman Beyond is the way to go. Like, yeah, it's um, even if they go like full Logan with this, it's like he's still like 50 year old, 20 years older than Hugh Jackman when Hugh Jackman was playing an old Wolverine. So he could, Mm. well, I mean, Hugh Jackman still had the, you know, the physique and stuff because they made him look older, but really he's still Hugh Jackman. But yeah, but I also don't see that working with the Batman character. Unless he had to like go so dark and stuff that he's using guns and stuff. And I don't need to see that. But if you see that, like the weird thing is that last thing that you said is exactly what leads into Batman Beyond. Hmm. So like, that's how that series started, right? He goes to save someone's life. He goes to save the daughter of an heiress. And when he goes to save her, he has a heart issue. And because of that, he cannot survive without pulling a gun on someone and that is the moment where he decides i'm not doing this anymore i feel like that should be your first act not your entire film but if you're doing that then you might as well make the batman beyond movie and that's why it's weird for this to be pitched as a a new batman movie with him as batman but who knows yeah we'll see i think it would be more interesting honestly if he was back in the Tim Burton verse, we were getting other actors back too. Fuck. Michelle Pfeiffer and like uh, 
see people in the only ones, but you get some of the actors back from the first two movies. Maybe Billy D. Williams is Two Face, like an older one, but he's, you know, he was district attorney Harvey Dent, and 20 years later, he's an enemy. I don't know. I think that'd be more interesting to return to those actors in that world than to watch a so Batman mean that, movie set in a DCEU. Does that mean that you are disregarding the um, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin? I think you would have to. Okay. I think it's kind of that it's this popular thing these days to make a sequel that ignores worse sequels. So, <laughs> and then just call the original movies tight, like Halloween. It's like, huh, which Halloween of the three Halloweens is it? Oh, it's the one that's the sequel to the original Halloween. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. But um, it's not nearly as exciting if he's in the same world as which what seems a flashpoint is going to bring him into the main continuity. It's the Batman story in that universe is far less interesting than the Burton Gotham. Yeah. The thing that I do think is interesting about it is if, again, not to beat a dead horse, but if you're going to do this, the people that would be excited about seeing him as Batman again are also the same people who would be just as excited, if not more excited about Batman Beyond. Because those same people that are within that age range grew up watching Batman Beyond. So the animated series, uh, yeah, all of those mostly off the movies, and then they got farther away from the movies, but they became beloved, and yeah, yeah. So I don't know that. So I, you're right, Danny. I shouldn't say that it is a bad idea. I guess I'm thinking of it not necessarily from a story perspective, but more from a, like a business decision perspective. Mm. I think that you get more juice for the squeeze if you're setting this up as like okay this is a series that's going to go for forever right yeah so makes sense we'll see we'll see do you think do you think some of it will depend on how the batman does when it's released in 10 years time or whenever it's coming out Uh, there's so so. many batman in play well so people like batman though he hasn't he's the only time he has moved he was dead was like in that like well, I think was it ten years between uh, Batman and Robin and Batman Begins. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, he's always been not always grossing movies, money. If it's just Joss Whedon's, I mean, Joss Whedon's Justice League, but still super popular character. Yeah. 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 So it's so, like too many yeah. Jokers right now and stuff. So to your like, point, stuff. this is what's going to make it interesting. So the next story I was going to talk about like dovetails right into this. So the Penguin. Mm-hmm. was just announced as being an HBO Max series that we're getting. Um, it is going to be tied to that series that both you all just brought up, the the Batman, which we're getting in 2022. And the um, Gotham Show nickname. And the Gotham Asylum, Show as well. And so it is interesting, Danny, that you asked the question, like, does this Michael Keaton thing hinge on whether or not it's this that movie is successful? It's fascinating mm-hmm. to me that they're building a universe before we even get the main course, right? So we're getting news about the fact that there's this Penguin series and it's going to be set before we get this um, this Batman series. Oh, it is set before the Batman? So the way that it's described, the way that it's described is like this. It's like the series will focus on Cobble Potts' past and the show show his rise to power and Gotham's seedy underbelly rather than him being established as a kingpin. You've seen that show. It's called Gotham. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm also afraid I've seen their Gotham show if it helps, if it sticks too close. <laughs> yeah, so That's why I'd rather it be after around the same time. I think you need Batman in these shows at least a little bit. 
I never right. watched Gotham because he wasn't. <laughs> um, exactly. I, we just talked about how popular Batman is and they were having shows that didn't have the Batman in it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I could tolerate Smallville because at least it was Clark Kent. I don't give a fuck about a Batman show that doesn't have Batman in it. Yeah. At yeah, least I Bruce Wayne, give me something. A season and a half, I think. And when a I say cool Bruce cast. Wayne, I don't mean like child Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's such a vague um, story from what I can remember. You guys can um, correct me on this, please do. But at the moment, it's like, it's in early stages of development. Does that mean these guys are talking about it in the lift on the way up to the fifth floor? And that's it. You know, what does early stages of development mean? They haven't started building sets yet. They haven't started um, oh, yeah. uh, doing costume design. Early stages of development could mean someone in a room said, well, this could be an idea. And they could say, yeah, put it up on the board with the 50 other ideas that we've just come up with. And, or, and see which one. My thought is it's always been the plan or has been for a while for to give him a show. Because even that's what Colin Farrell, just like Zendaya is like, I'm barely in this fucking movie. <laughs> well, but here's the thing. It, it makes it make more sense if you look at what we got in the Batman trailer, because when everyone saw Colin Farrell, you're like, that's fucking Colin Farrell. Yeah. If you're telling yeah. me we're going to make a show of the early days of the penguin. Now it makes slightly mm-hmm. more sense why they stuck him in all that fat suit. Makeup that's exactly and what made I him barely recognize when the show was announced. Yeah. I'm like, this has to be in the plans. They didn't put him under all that makeup and throw him in the movie for 10 minutes to not use him again. Well, that shows that shows an incredible amount of confidence in this in Matt Reeves, Matt Reeves's film, doesn't it? To to think that we're we're gonna have you come in and we're gonna have this guy that you know even at the time was too skinny to be Batman and all that kind of stuff. And there was always an element of, of, of risk to making any film, but especially we've just had Ben Affleck, very popular Batman. We had all the, the drama around justice league to come in and say, well, we're going to make this film and we're going to have all these other shows with these A-list actors being these characters. There's a lot riding on the Batman film being a success. I There's a lot. Of- and part of it's because, even like they made money, but you know, compared to Marvel, you kind of compare everything to Marvel. Even Batman v Superman and Man of Steel weren't like the success they would have been. Like Batman, more recognizable probably than anyone at Marvel, except for Spider Man back in the day. You know, Batman, Superman growing up were like the two superheroes I knew the most about just because they were all over yeah. TV. Right. Um, the, the grocery store comic book shelves, not real comic book stores. Um, so I still think, I think done right and the trailer's done absolutely right so far i think this could be the highest grossing batman movie since the dark knight oh like i i think it could almost i mean you know they we have the snyder people who are like ben affleck only but then you know they end up watching these movies like so i think it could make more than any of the ones with affleck in it not that that's saying a lot all right you heard it here we're gonna we're gonna time stamp this moment in the podcast we're gonna put it in the description we're going to come back. Nick's call it. Yeah, oh, in, a, in a year, we're going to find out. We're going to find out whether or not Nick was right. Biggest sense the Dark Knight trilogy, not, not bigger. Possibly bigger than Rises. We'll see. Okay. You heard it. You heard it here. Um, Hawkeye trailer? Yeah. Loved yeah. it. All right. So Fuck, good. Fuck <laughs> tired of all the DC talk. Here we go. So I, it's funny. It's almost annoying, but kind of funny that you watch the thing. You're like, this feels like Die Hard. And you look on the internet and everybody's like, this feels like Die Hard. Like, God damn it. 
there's no such thing as an original thought. Um, but this looks fun. And I think the thing that I enjoy about it is kind of the thing that I complain the most about, about in-game, which was I had a hard time sitting with a guy who went around the world just like killing people. And he's like, I'm going to get my family back. And like, it did not seem like a good arc. But looking at how this series is set up, it seems like we're going to get the ramifications of that. And so from that perspective, I am happy to see that. Um, so we'll see what happens uh, going forward. Nick, what do you think? Oh, I love the trailer. I was not excited. I, I've been a fan. Most people put down Hawkeye all the time, and I've been a fan of him because I've been a fan of Jeremy Renner ever since Hurt Locker and SWAT <laughs> even before that. <laughs> with colin so farrell yeah with colin farrell <laughs> and sam was sam jackson in that sam jackson yeah, yeah, sam jackson. Jackson. yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry but i love the trailer i wasn't it's actually i find it's the funniest trailer for any of the disney plus shows so far yeah you know, they all have humor to them this this plays and they're all like all the shows are all end up being buddy copish even when it's like Loki with Mobius or Loki with Sylvie, even though it's not as much of, I guess the first one's not a buddy show either, but, but you know, like this is, this is very much also like a lethal weapon type Christmas movie. It looks like. It's got Shane Black. It's got Shane Black's feel all, all over it. The like, action mixed with comedy. But I can't yeah. believe this isn't Shane Black. Like, yeah, it's, it, it just, it just felt like that. I kiss, kiss, bang, bang, lethal yeah. weapon one. Uh, all, all that stuff, even bits of the predator mixed in with it as well, with the way that the uh, some of the, the the shots were with the with the the, the archery stuff. I, I just it, it came across to me as just there is a definite serious undertone to it, like Jonesy was talking about, like the ramifications of what what um, what Hawkeye was doing in between Infinity War and Endgame, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But at the same time, it looked like it's going to be a fucking good fun to watch these two interact and to go through this little adventure together. And I just, I, I've not been more excited from just one trailer. I mean, the next one might ruin it. The show might be not as yeah. good as the trailer looks. But right now, it's like, I can't wait for November the 24th, 3rd, whenever it is to, to, to come along. Um, yeah. But so yeah, I'm super excited for it. I want to ask you guys about this, what I did find interesting about this. So at the end of Black Widow, we got a teaser where Yelena Belova was basically sick on uh, Hawkeye. Not visible at all in this trailer for a show that's coming in two months. What did you guys think about that? I don't think she'll be a main villain. I just think she'll be in it. Like, that's what my opinion. I think we'll see her and she'll pop up at a very unopportune moment for our characters. Like in the middle of something else and suddenly someone's sniping at Hawkeye sort of thing but we definitely see her in it i just i'm sure we'll see val in it too i'm just i don't think we'll i don't know i don't think she's the main bad even after the black widow not that they have to show her at first but maybe maybe there were there were some reshoots that had more of her in i doubt it but she was such a popular character but they probably finished shooting hawkeye a while ago the, the only other thing i really want to say about before danny gets to put his two cents in about her is that this Hawkeye is written truest to the comic. I feel of any version we've seen in the movies. Like yeah. he's kind of cocky. He's getting himself into bad situations, like in a tuxedo and jumping onto like 
the tree at 30 Rockefeller Plaza and just like, I don't know. And he's funny and he's like a jerk. And I feel like it's the closest he's been written to the comics. So kind of I can't think of the, the name of it, but this is based on a very specific run, isn't yeah. it? It's yeah. called Hawkeye, but yeah. it's a miniseries that uses the exact same logo. It's about him training Kate Bishop. And it's like, yeah, they, they, the exact same logo, which I really love about okay. it. I love it. I'm like, I can't think of the name of it. And you're like, yeah, Hawkeye. So it's like, a run a, of Hawkeye. I don't think it had a sub- Genius. There's a movie about this bus and it couldn't slow down. <laughs> what was the name of it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, How fast was it going? What was its speed? That was it. <laughs> Danny, what about you? What do you, what do you think about the, the lack of uh, the new Black Widow? Um, I think that's intentional. I think the next trailer will probably, if she's going to be in it, I think we'll get a, a sense of that in the next trailer if she's going to be in it at all. I think the lack of her in this one was just to show, to set the style of this this series, to set the tone of it, to introduce the main characters, which are obviously Hawkeye and, and Kate Bishop, etc. So, um, yeah. And I, I don't think that she comes across as the kind of um, villain that's going to have henchmen and henchwomen yeah. doing her dirty work. If she's the bad guy, she's on her own. She's just going to come after him. If she really is pissed off of him and really does think that she's respond- he's responsible for her sister's death. I think she would just come at him, you know, head on. You know, she's not going to send henchmen to do her yeah, dirty work and all that shit. When you're she's, a widow, she's gonna be the main one. Yeah. yeah. You think they'll be friends by the end of it, if she's in this? Like, she'll re- she no, not the end of this one. To be an I hope not. That's yeah, true. no, she's I think that will be in the movies. movies. Yeah, that little interplay will happen in coming upcoming movies. I, I, that's what I think will happen. If at all, right? Yeah, true. She could be a dark Avenger. I mean, it'd be entirely possible if he, I mean, I doubt that they would kill him at the end of the series, but if this could be his retirement. Mm. I hope they don't kill him at the end of the series. He has a family. Well, Black Widow's so does he? Vain. Right? At this point, um, I'm curious, the way that it started, it almost seemed like he wasn't married anymore. Um, I don't recall seeing his wife at the beginning of the trailer. No, but he does call someone on the phone babe, which I don't think he'd be calling his kids. Because I looked for her too and didn't see her. But with the Molotov cocktail scene, he's like, I'll be with, like, I'll be there, babe, or something. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm curious. It'll be interesting. It is weird that he's not living with them again. It seems like he's in New York and they're visiting for like a week. Yeah. And so my impression of that could have been like, there is, you get this protagonist that is always trying to get back together with his significant other and so they will use those pet names and all this other stuff and the woman's like hey let's stop fucking calling me that we're that part's done yeah. so especially because the kids let off with you know this is the first time we've spent what did they say they said it's christmas together in years so maybe that's I, just i still snap. think that's reference to the snap i'm almost Not tired of getting the snap referenced well, you kind of have to long enough, and then you can. It's been it long go. enough. It's a big event. Like Chang Chi did it so quick in just one line, just so you knew when the movie was set, not because it was important. It was a lot. So. Yeah, I get the feeling that possibly then that, that uh, their relationship came to a came to a, an end because of everything they've been through. You know, things people dying and snapping and stuff like that, which would put a strain on most relationships. So maybe he ends up having some sort of affair with uh, uh, Black Widow's sister, who I've forgotten. As we all know, I'm having trouble with names tonight. So 
that the, the the new black widow yeah the new black widow i'm going to call her that the new black widow uh, maybe they end up having a relationship maybe that's the babe on the end of the phone nick I want to show you guys something really quick because I'm proud of what they, okay, I got a Sam Wilson, Captain yeah. America pop. Yeah. And they reframed, reframed from calling it Sam Wilson, Captain America pop. They just put Captain America. When I ordered mm -hmm. it, I'm like, will it say Sam Wilson on it? And I'll be pissed off. No, it's just Captain America. It's funny. The costume looks better on him than it did on uh, Maggie. <gasps> How costume dare you? Pop. Costume looked like shit. <laughs> Costume look like shit. It didn't look like it fit fitted fit. It didn't look like it fit properly. It didn't look like it fitted properly. No, nope. fucking hell. I'm the English guy teaching Americans how to speak. I can't know. Is it fitted or fitted? I don't it know. Look like it fit well. Didn't look well, well because it wasn't fitted properly, right? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched yeah. the Kingsman this week. I might know a thing or two about being a tailor. Yes, his his shoes weren't broke. That's not yes. the outfit. You broke. Broke not broke. <laughs> <laughs> all right so you guys ready to talk a little bit of what if and then we'll jump into the movie yeah Go all right so what if killmonger saved tony stark um i i'll give my impressions this episode i thought for for a couple of episodes they have just swapped people around and done a couple of things like i think i was less interested in the first episode where they just swapped Peggy Carter and Steve mm -hmm. Rogers. Um, this was a big enough difference in the story. So while a lot of it played on the uh, first Iron Man movie for its story beats, they upended a lot of it. And I really enjoyed that. Uh, and that's from a positive side. From a negative side, man, if they fucking make me watch the child <laughs> die again, in Black Panther 2, I'm gonna be fucking pissed. Like, I'm just sweet before I watched the episode. So like, I was pissed at you. No. <laughs> oh, for spoiling? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I thought it was funny though. I'm just, I'm tired of it. Um, I don't, I don't really want to see it again because there is, there is something about having that moment where you've lived through this moment and you've grieved and you've kind of gotten over it. And now here it is again in this cartoon and then i'm gonna have to see it again during yeah they're gonna have to address it and i'm just like i i don't want any of that so um it's kind of the reason why i want them to recast the character but you know that's that's just that's me but what did you guys think well our friend danny hasn't seen it right so don't, don't worry about spoilers and stuff. What, what did Obviously, the dear listener might want to worry, but I'm not worried. Oh, the audience. And then Nick, that's what you meant. Uh, yeah, I, that's what I meant. It's definitely like, it feels like it's half Iron Man, half... Uh, Black Panther. Black Panther with a little bit of Age of Ultron thrown in the middle, obviously, just based on... You can, not just simplifying its locations, but like, you know, and I really... I love the premise. Um partially even but past the premise i love michael b jordan i love killmonger's character so it's great to get him back somehow people are like maybe he'll be in wakanda forever and i'm like probably not yeah. and if he did maybe he should like this is the way to reuse him and get to have fun with the character again and i don't know it's just it's just it's just interesting from the beginning when the watcher is talking about you know experiences make you a hero so if stark never learned his fucking lesson 
he's still that jerk who comes back and is and one point one person noted this which is very he drinks a lot in this this is the closest i think we've got to, throughout the episode he starts drinking more often so i think it's the closest we've gotten to demon in a bottle yeah but of course in the end it is about killmonger double crossing under crossing double crossing under crossing and getting what he wanted in the film when he said i don't want to play chess with you yeah i don't want to play chess with you um i think you're right and i, I would imagine that while he probably drank before already going through that initial experience in afghanistan probably just accelerated some of that um drinking just a little bit so well and as someone pointed out i mean obviously they try to match the first shots as much as possible and it's interesting the first shot we ever see of tony stark is him holding a whiskey like all fancy pantsy and just surrounded by just soldiers in there yeah yeah whatever you call their clothes um i the other thing that do you think was interesting about this episode i think that the others it is much easier to see how they would tie into a an overarching narrative this one didn't and it seemed to have a like this seemed like a very uh what what do they call it a bottle bottle episode yeah yeah different term for that but what's the term what's the phrase this is episodic bottle episodes one location Okay. Yes. Episode. Like Chinese shop in Seinfeld. Chinese waiting room. I think the majority of the episodes we've seen, I could say like this could tie into this, this could tie into this, and this is how they're going to bring all of this together in an overarching plot to tie this entire series together. This seemed to have a very definitive beginning, middle, and end, and like this is the story. A little bit of a teaser, not as big of a cliffhanger yeah. as most of them. Yeah. Um, and that didn't seem like it was going to necessarily um, factor into an overarching story. I don't know. What do you think? And in fact, the footage, there was even more footage this week. They released a mid-season trailer where we got looks at more possible storylines and just like characters together yeah. even. And yeah, in that trailer, it's Killmonger Black Panther who's with the other new Avengers. Like mm. and you could tell Gamora Thanos is there. And, and I... I I really think that episode they're coming together and the watchers bringing them together because I think that's one of the villains we see on the poster, which uh, is, uh, I think that's going to be Ultron Vision Infinite. Okay. He has all the infinity stuff. Like, I think that would be the biggest threat of the season where he'd be like, the watchers like, oh shit, I need these people and these people and these people, even if they're not always the best heroes, even yeah. if it is Dark Doctor Strange or Killmonger, like, this is a universe breaking a. And you this know is what? A multiverse breaking event again. <laughs> They're kind of assholes. So if we lose them, no big loss. Kind of like Suicide Squad mm-hmm. at the Avengers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except for Captain Carter, who's probably even more righteous than Steve. She will be the only one that lives. Did you say that before? No. Yeah. She'll be the only one to make you it. You think out. so? Yeah. I think so. I, I, I would not be surprised if they tried to bring that character into live action. There's been rumors, and I don't know. I'd watch an Agent Carter movie. Or live action TV show, Captain Carter. Yeah, Captain Carter. Or see, I even know you, uh, I know you didn't watch the Agent Carter live action. I watched all but the final episode because I didn't give it give enough of a shit. But I love that it had the Dominic Cooper back as Tony Stark as well as uh, Haley Atwell. Yeah. Okay. And um, the Jarvis that they actually used in Endgame was like the biggest connection they've ever had to the show Agent Carter. Yeah. The guy plays Jarvis, and that is. Uh, the butler to howard stark when they meet in like the 70s or whatever right 
Okay. Um, oh, before we get onto the movie, there was one more story. I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to forget this one. So Nick, you and Jammer talked about murders only. Last only week. murders in the building. It's only really murders in the building. Remember. <laughs> it is really hard because I'm not like, it's a thing. I thought it was only murderers in the building and that I thought it was only murder in the building, but it's only murders in the building. Only murders in the building. Okay. Only That's the name the of their podcast that they're producing on the show. I'm going to say, it. I'm going to try and say it five times fast. It's been renewed. So if you've been enjoying only the murders, uh, then happy day for you. There's going to be more. Um, I don't know anything about the show. So you, other than I know that it's, I think it's done by the folks that do This Is Us, right? Um, I actually don't know that. I just know it's uh, it <laughs> harkens back to an older age of comedy just because it stars Steve Martin, Martin Short, Salinas yeah. Gomez is in it. And you get their usual kind of guest stars, Nathan Lane, Tina yeah. Fey as a cameo. Okay. So it's very much, but it feels very much like an older school HBO show, not like a modern Hulu show. Okay. Like okay. it's very stylistic, almost not... The opening credits remind me of a Wes Anderson movie, but mm. that would be the wrong thing to compare it to. It's more of letting these two older guys who have been a duo since like SNL and then and like Three Amigos and stuff, giving them a chance to like just hate on each other because one's a former producer and one's a former actor and they're just, they kind of hate each other, but then they meet. Uh, there's a fire drill. This is the premise for the show. There's a fire drill. They have to leave the building. Um, and Selena Gomez meets up with them and they're not even friends, but they all bond over the exact same podcast they were listening to when the, when the building was, they're like, what was fat? Like what was in his mouth, the dog's mouth. And they're like bonding over that. And then when they learn someone was killed in the building, they're like, we could start a true crime podcast. It's one of those type shows yes. where they're bumbling and try to uncover stuff. And Sting okay. is even a character at a certain point and the suspect in the show. And my favorite line is- I uh, suspect Sting. My favorite line is uh, Sting hates dogs, like me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, but uh, he's like, I've, he's like, don't you have a dog? He's like, and I fucking hate him too. But the line I like is uh, so Martin Short's with his dog in the elevator with Sting, and he's like, don't stand so close to Sting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to check it out. You, you convinced me. I recommend I it. it Jammer even liked it. So if Jammer even liked it. If both ends like it, then. <laughs> okay. I'll take it. I will take it. And I decided season two has been announced. I haven't finished season one, so I don't know how much of a closure it is. But yeah. Okay. Well, Groovy. Um, only murders in the. I've just remembered. Sorry, Jonesy. I've just remembered something that pissed me off a lot more than Mephisto. Too late. You had the. You, won you want me to do it now? One you, shot. Do it. I want the, the fact that they released a Christmas episode of Ted Lasso that could have been released at fucking Christmas. You are so. Why are you yelling at us? You're so loud right now. <laughs> it's. Uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful episode of Ted Lasso that could have been given to us on Christmas Day. So my Christmas Day could have been perfect. It would have had Ted Lasso and turkey and presents and everything, and they dumped it in the middle of fucking summer. Honestly, it's a weird episode. It was a wonderful episode. It could have been not, it's no part of the season. It didn't affect what was before, yeah. didn't affect what comes afterwards. It could have been my Christmas yeah. Ted Lasso. Why that's, did that's they do question. that? That's my question about that. Is that true? 
because there was no doctor. Jamie Tart was barely in the episode. Like there was, was a brief game? mention of the current league table, but that could have been even edited out easily. There was a current football league table. Football meaning kick it with the foot. You know, sorry, American listeners, football. They had that. That was the only reference to anything that was going on. It could have been a Christmas episode dumped on Christmas. It was fucking wonderful. The whole season is wonderful. The show is wonderful. That was the best Christmas episode ever. And we got in fucking August. Why? What? So let me ask you that. Let me actually, it's weird. It would have been better if it was in July, right? Because at least we can make the argument it's Christmas in July. Exactly. Um, (laughs) You say it's a wonderful season. Have you read about the backlash? No, don't. Don't piss on my chips twice by letting me get all, all upset right, about that right, right, and that's right. over the backlash. Move yes. on. Next. Here. We're next, just going to talk next about the movie. Now, but you are, you are so weirdly loud. I don't know what you did. You did a thing. Nothing. You just, I, like, I, I raised my voice in anger. No, I didn't no. touch anything. Okay. I didn't touch it. The longer we go. <laughs> Slipping back into it. So. Carry on. Don't ruin it. Fuck. I'm not going to say anything else. So we're going to talk Malignant now. Malignant, <laughs> Malignant is a film from James Wan. It is a film that has recently been released on HBO. And the plot goes as follows. Paralyzed by fear from shocking visions, a woman's torment worsens as she discovers her waking dreams are terrifying realities. This film has a 77% from the critics on Rotten Tomatoes, a 53% from the audience, a 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb, and a shocking 50% on Metacritic. I say shocking only because uh, I was shocked. I was shocked. <laughs> I will say, like, it was the top okay. Twitter all weekend. Like, originally, I wanted to do Kate for this week, and you yeah. wanted to do that one, and I was like, well, we should have a vote. And then when I saw all the tweets all weekend about the movie, I'm like, fuck it's it, fucking, we're doing it, we're doing it. Even though I hate movie horror movies. This is knocking futz. And so let me ask you, Nick, <laughs> you, you mentioned Twitter. Let me get your initial impressions. And so this week we're going to do something a little different. Nick Dahl is going to give his initial impressions and they're going to be non-spoilery. Then he's going to say whether or not he recommends it. I'm going to do the same. And then we're just going to jump straight into spoilers. All right, I'm going to give you all one more warning after that, and then we're just going to get into it. So, Nick, let's hear it. Um, one, give me like your your non non spoilery Twitter impression, and then do you recommend this movie? It was scary as fuck with unique twists, and I would recommend it only to people who really like horror films. Like if you like The Conjuring, even or whatever, yeah, this is for you. <laughs> oh. Because it's James Wan again. It's the master of horror. I don't. It's funny. I don't think this movie has any anything in common with The Conjuring. I just. I didn't get that impression at all, which is why I wasn't interested in it. Sorry to butt in on something I haven't seen. It's a very. (laughs) Apparently, it's pretty expensive for a horror movie. um, Forty million, and James Wan's obviously really respected and given a lot of creative control, since he's done everything from Aquaman to Conjuring to like. I just, I just, he definitely has a look to it. I wouldn't call the plot points or anything similar. I would say the scares are pretty damn similar, most of them. And, uh, and just, he shoots every building like it's insane asylum. 
like the angles he uses on any <laughs> building. It looks like an insane asylum. And I think maybe this is a thing. Maybe all these, I can't remember. Was this set in San Francisco? Wait, no. So Seattle. hold on. Before, before we get into that, let me, I'm going to do mine. And okay. then we're going to jump into talking about the movie. So my Twitter impression is, again, I've already said it. This movie is fucking nuts. Uh, I really enjoyed it, though. And so I think that I would recommend it to anybody that is a fan of James Wan generally um, or people that like horror movies generally. So those are my non-spoiler impressions. Um, so right now, we're just going to jump full headlong feet first, headlong feet first. Is that a thing? I don't know. Sure. Uh, into spoilers about this movie. So that was your final warning. If you think you want to see it, go ahead. Um, but be warned, we're about to spoil it. So, and I think you have to be a real horror fan. Like, you think like, so? I like, I like horror. Tell comedies. me why. Tell would, me why. When you say you have to be a real horror scared. fan, I almost, I, I only finished it because of the podcast, not because I was bored, because I was scared. What scared you about it? What What was the thing? All these jump scares and shit, and like electricity, like. Like all the electric stuff is really creepy and it's kind of stuff you've seen before. And like the other thing I was going to say, we were talking about buildings. Every, even though they're like not in like old, like, you know, like a New England area or something, everyone's house still looks like it's a haunted house from like The Conjuring. Like their house is like, that's not a normal house. That looks like a haunted house. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't even a haunted house movie. So I'll start from the beginning. The thing that I loved about this movie is that it feels very distinct in very specific spots so like that whole opening sequence so you're that talking about shooting this this the asylum i'm looking at this movie and i'm like this feels exactly like a sam raimi movie from 20 30 years or 30 years ago um it feels very much mm-hmm. like evil dead army of darkness the way that it was shot even the way that it was acted the way they they spoke and i was like this part is campy as fuck and so to your point about how it was shot like that is that asylum that they showed you look like a model. It looked like something yeah. out of either Raimi or Burton movie. I'm saying and like, even if they're shooting the police station, it's like, or a tall building, it's that an angle, that where angle. You're like, that makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a regular and, looking office building and you're like, oh shit. What's the name? So the other thing that this kind of reminded me of was Drag Me to Hell, Drag Me to Hell a little bit, uh, which I really liked. I think that's a movie that I, I like, like that not a lot of people like. Uh, that's this. far less of a horror movie than this, I would say. Like, that's more my kind yeah, of horror. I, I, yeah, so, I like that. I don't have, I'm weird in the sense that I think we've talked about this before. Scary movies don't scare me, but I do enjoy them for what I perceive to be good movie making. And so this movie fell in that category. Like, I'm not getting scared of any of the intentional jump scares of anything like or anything like that. But I am enjoying it just for the pure homages to the stuff that I've already referenced. For the fact that, like, as a whole, the fact that he decided to stitch these different things together, where it's the Raimi stuff or the straight horror stuff that's from his own uh, catalog, or just straight up fucking action that was straight out of Ghost Rider, right? So there's a scene that happens later on in the movie in a jail. I'm like, that's like that Nick Cage scene out of uh, the first Ghost Rider. So I I liked all of it. And you even get like an M. Night Shyamalan twist, right? Like what's the twist? Here's the twist. Um, yeah, I was waiting for the twist.
This is the twist. He froze. A frozen Jonesy looking like like <laughs> like some scary creatures just come through the door. That is. It looks like he's staring at the door. He <laughs> is, and he's frozen in time. Is this all part of the malignant uh, review? Perhaps he's just teasing us, and he's not really frozen at all. Yeah, it's just I, I'm not as much into jump scares and stuff. It's a lot of that. It's a lot of so the creatures, murder, whatever thing. Like you know, he comes from the insane asylum as they show at the beginning of the movie, and he's like, well, he's like, it's like scares like it feels like The Conjuring or even Stranger Things because he has an effect on light. So like, when so it is a creature. Is it a creature light, feature? Like, so it, it's I a creature it's or a creature feature more than. You, it's it's a big twist, but it is like, it's a monster in a way. It's a monster slash serial killer movie where they're blaming. Okay, the yeah, because I I got I got the impression when I saw and I did see the first trailer, however long ago it was, that it was just a uh, and oh, obviously ignorant here that it was just another one of those generic uh, psychological maybe a monster, maybe not. Is she imagining it? Is he imagining it? Who knows? who knows kind of thing that we seem to have seen many, many times. I'm not a huge horror fan at all. I'm certainly not a slasher fan. I don't like blood and guts. I really don't like the torture porn things, but I do like the conjuring because to me, those got, it's not the jump scares that you, that you just said that you don't like so much. It's that, that the tension that James Wan creates in those conjuring films when you, you know, when the camera pans and then camera pans and the nun's still there and the nun's still there and you know, it's fucking coming the three yeah, or four shots. And then suddenly it's there. Like, yeah. Yeah. That that stuff where, where the where the hairs stand up on your arms, where you you're clutching, you know, the person next to you squeezing hard, not the scared bit and not the blood and guts, but just the tension, the suspense. I, I like that stuff. That's why the conjuring two for me, the one set in the UK, is is fucking brilliant. It just freaks me out every time. Uh so you're saying this film's more like a creature feature serial killer rather than yeah. Oh. That's why I, I don't know. It's it's to slightly spoil, but not like tell you everything. It's oh, that really doesn't matter, buddy. Honestly, okay. go go ahead. The list has been fair warned, and I don't mind. It's one of the things I'll say about it is you think it's a supernatural movie, but really right. it's more science fiction than it is supernatural. I would say. Okay. 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 The most yeah. movie, you're like, oh, ghost, something's going on, but then you're like, oh, here's the science explanation for everything, which is still right. Okay. Weird, but. Okay, well, I'm actually a little bit more interested than I was before, and it really doesn't matter about the spoiler stuff. I'll watch it anyway, if, so, if you guys recommend it. Yeah, I, I do recommend it. I think that the thing that jumped out to me about it is kind of what Nick is saying. And I, I really like this about James Wan. From this movie, like up until this point, he's done primarily supernatural stuff. Um, this, at the end, you find out that that just is not a thing. This is all psychological thriller, like sci-fi, basically, type stuff. And I applaud him for taking a risk. And there's a part of me that thinks that some of the, I don't want to say backlash, but some of the reviews, the negative ones, that that's where that comes from. The fact that the tone is all over the place, but it's intentional. Um, and if you're in for that, then you're in for this movie. But if not, then that's going to that's gonna push you away. Um, there is a scene in this movie that's just straight up action for, yeah. what would you say, Nick? Like 10, 12 minutes? Like, it's long. Yeah. 
Um, not the chase, the scene in the in the police station. Oh yeah, that's a, yeah. Um, horror action, but yeah, it's yeah. He so it's almost what it reminded me of. If I'm like right now, just thinking about it, was uh, Terminator. So you get this mm-hmm. scene where he starts out killing everybody in the jail, and that's very much like Ghost Rider. But then he goes to, and that's prisoners. But then he goes to the cops, and it's straight out of the first Terminator, where he's just killing all the cops in this place, um, and it's just straight action, and done pretty well from yeah. my perspective. Um, so I, I liked it. I liked that he took risks. I liked that it was different, and it's a fun movie. Um, I there are probably things I can't tell if I was supposed to laugh out loud. So like when the birth mother falls from the attic all the way through the floor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I laughed. I, I, like, laughed out loud so hard. <laughs> Partially like, oh. their response is semi-funny, too. Because they're, like, they were just in that room, and then they're outside, and they're, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, we're taking the ass to jail. <laughs> and then, wait, oh, what else? Oh, yeah. Uh, when we were talking about style earlier, uh, before you kind of dropped briefly, I was going to say that I can't believe the shot that follows her all throughout the house from above, even when she's on the yeah. first floor. And then it follows her upstairs and it's still showing an upper, like a bird's eye view, kind of like that big shot minority report where it's like showing. And I said everyone. out loud, I was like, I've never seen this before yeah. in the movie. That was really cool because he's got the style. And then the ending's really interesting because it reminds me of Fight Club mm. um, and trying Don't talk to about it. What? Fuck's sake, Nick. You know you're not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> where it's like a, it's like a situation where it's like, how do you keep the main character alive when they're attached to something else, as it were? Um, like, you know, the solution in Fight Club is he shoots himself in the cheek and it makes Tyler Durden go away even though Tyler Durden's in his head, which I guess is the best ending you could hope for. <laughs> this is kind of similar. And it, it very much sets up the sequel. Or he's like, I'll be back. And she's like, but next time I'll, I'll be, be ready. ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You think so, it yeah. would have done a lot better without COVID? Or do you think it might be getting more watches online if you combine it with theaters than it would have made anyway? So that's always a big question. I, more people are watching these movies online, like me, that would never go to see it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that James Wan has enough um, enough followers that a lot of people probably would have gone to see this without COVID. Um, because think about the series that he has launched, right? Between The Conjuring and um, Aquaman. Um, huh? Aquaman. No, so I wasn't going to say Aquaman. I was going to oh. say uh, between that. He and, did that uh, other horror that. one, didn't he? What was it called? Yeah, that's oh, the one that I can't think of right Insidious, now. Insidious, right? Um, thank you. That's so there, those, movies, like, I, those movies are scary as shit. <laughs> right. Those are probably so, scarier than this. Original IPs, um, probably a cheaper budget than this. So, but multiple sequels. So I think enough people would have seen this to help it do well. Um, I'm curious what the response would have been if that many people went out to see this movie, expecting again the conjuring or insidious and getting something completely different. Yeah. Do you think if numbers are high enough on, again, we said earlier, we don't know what those numbers would look like on HBO Max 
that you think there is a possibility for a sequel here or is it considered the flop? I don't want one COVID. Uh, I mean, I don't really want a sequel, but they did set it up so clearly with like two lines. Like we can definitely revisit this was like the end of this movie. Yeah. Do I want one? I think given how much I like the conjuring two, so I'm going to talk out of both sides of my ass. I really like conjuring two. So I, I would like to see what he could do in this world uh, if afforded another sequel. So we don't have to do with any of the backstory and any other stuff and we just go. I think it would be interesting to see. Here's my pitch for the sequel. Let's hear it. Triplets. They were always triplets. <laughs> okay. So you're just, just stealing like a page straight out of Sherlock? <laughs> what? <laughs> so you're just stealing a page straight out of Sherlock? So there, there are Three oh, kids, I, not just two. Yeah, exactly. Okay. okay. Um, I I think that would be interesting. I, I, let me add another layer onto that. So the third one is so bad that she has to let out uh, Gabriel. It's basically become a glass. <laughs> yeah, she has to let Gabriel help her defeat the third one. That's how this cool. is going to play out. That's that's my pitch. Print it. And I'll, I'll just throw it on top of you. Call it now. If there is a sequel, cut the check. Cut the check. <laughs> um, you know what I think was interesting about this? So usually you get a shot at the end and you can tell like who lived and who died. The cop that was in this Shaw, I was like, is he dead or alive? He got the knife thrown under, but then I, I, I just think, think it's funny. Sequel, anyway. no, I like it's that not too. that I think it matters. I thought I, just, I was just shocked. I was like, okay. I did like that it ended there, whereas a few recent movies we've watched, I can't remember which ones exactly. There were movies I've watched where I'm like, yeah, there is a wrap-up scene here, but it would have been better if we didn't have it. Like, you know, one of my favorite types of endings is just like, you know, all the diehard movies just pan out and they're over, like right after the action sequence. There isn't like a lot of like, oh, we need to like debrief you or like, here's an award or now you're in the hospital. It's just like, yeah pan out and we're finished and i like that about this ending i'm like i want to i don't want to sit here and find out if she goes to jail afterwards if the cop's still alive like i don't need to know those things unless right. there's a sequel yeah i agree um because yeah presumably don't need she'd to still be singles. wanted to be locked away <laughs> like as far as the government's I... concerned I'm trying to think would they probably even um... supermax or insane asylum I'm trying it's not to like remember. She's walking away after killing that many cops, and they're like, "Oh, it was a supernatural thing." It wasn't me. Yeah, it was the I didn't do it. on my back. Yeah, one armed man. Um, <laughs> I think Danny's think... beginning to get a picture of the movie without us saying explicitly what it's about because he keeps it's laughing when we say weird. things like "trooper" with arms to get out. So you know what I laughed? <laughs> I laughed harder. I can't tell if I laughed harder at the woman falling from the attic. I think the other scene, and I don't think it was meant to be as funny as I laughed, the scene in the precinct where right at the end, Gabriel fucking yeets this chair across the room at the two cops. Doesn't It's like, I'm not going to kill you, but I'm going to throw this fucking chair at you guys to show that I'm the boss. And it's like, he throws that chair at him, hits him, like knocks him out. And it's like, all right, I'm out. Just so you know that I could. Yeah, that's I mean, because he also there's an early like I it feels like maybe it was her interfering a little bit, but he he definitely didn't want to kill the cop. It felt like even in the first chase scene. Yeah. He didn't have to be running the whole time. He could have been waiting around a corner with that knife. <laughs> like he yeah. ran. 
So maybe that has something to do with her influence. I agree. But yeah, that'd be interesting. For that cop. Or maybe she realizes that cop's one of the only people that can help her sort of thing, and she has some power. Yeah. Okay. Because he definitely had two chances to kill the same guy. And maybe so the third chance he did, but even that didn't look like a definitive death. It was like thrown against the wall of death, not like a I'm gonna like you know, most of them are gruesome deaths with the cops where he like kicks like just smashes their head with like his boot and like the guts just go Bleh. Yeah. Yeah, I could go either way. So yeah. Cool. Good movie. I enjoyed it. You're talking anything else like to say about it? I did. Uh, yes. wasn't sure coming on to this if I like I I didn't know if I liked it or not. I just knew afterwards I was scared, so I didn't know how to feel about it. But so I Danny, like it. Danny, we talked about this before. My one goal in this show is to make Jammer or Nick just like like something better than it. Like they could come on like this movie was shit. Like, did I like that movie? And now it's just like I like that movie. Oh, now I like it more. Like that's my goal. That's my. That's what I do on the show now. At least lets you see why other people like it, which can help your opinions. Yeah, I, like, we, I we still this. really disagree about reminiscence. My sister watched it last weekend. She thinks I'm the fool. So it's it's a fucking fantastic movie. She loves. It. I talked to somebody. So what's funny was I told somebody all the same stuff that I told you about, like the story of. Um, Oh God! It's basically Hades, yeah. And yeah, it. So in telling that story, they were like, "Shit, maybe I need to watch this movie again now." Um, I I think knowing that story changes almost everything about how you feel about that movie because it is it is almost integral to the DNA of that story because little things that he says um, just keep referencing it. It's it's fantastic. I I need to watch it again just just so I can like it. Danny, have you seen it? Reminiscence? Uh, no. I I recommend I think it's it. It's worth your time, even if I yeah. Didn't have I, I, it is it is on the list of things. It's still here um, this weekend. So this weekend I've got Cop Shop and Reminiscence is the other one that I was going to watch. Malignant is on the big screen here at the moment. So I'm going to be torn, but I think Malignant, I'll be okay with watching it at home. Whereas Reminiscence, I think I, I, I want to watch it on the big screen because I have the opportunity to. So it's that kind yeah. of movie to me. It seems to be need to be watched on a on a slightly bigger format. I but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. No. Oh, okay, buddy. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say no. I, I don't necessarily think that you have to see it. It is, it is a beautiful looking movie to me, but... Yeah. I also think that it is a slow burn noir film. Okay. And because of that, it doesn't necessarily need to pop on your screen the way something I'm like good. a Godzilla versus Kong would. Okay. Okay. I guess I was looking at it from how it looked on the trailers, like you said, like visually stunning, but if it is a bit of a slow burner, then, then the the big TV, the big TV at home would, it wouldn't lose too much then, Honestly, I guess. So think, so think expensive. Blade Runner 2049. Oh, why do I have to think that? Good. I didn't enjoy that. <laughs> but I mean, in terms of like pacing, it's like sure. that. But gotcha. not okay. two hours and 45 minutes. It's even with slower. No, pace, I got it's you. Still, I believe two hours. Yeah, yeah I got you. I think, I think I will still watch it because it is, and I do have the opportunity to, but it's good to know that uh, if for whatever reason I don't get a chance to, I shouldn't feel too disappointed and catch it when I can. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I did see your review. I did see what you thought about Jones. You know, normally nine times out of 10, I, I, I I concur with you, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to watching this. 
as yeah. uh, my roommate and I sat down to watch it because he has to watch whatever I want to watch for the podcast sort of thing. <laughs> well, if he wants to watch movies, we watch like multiple movies a day some days. But uh, you're watching Reminiscence. And for a while, he thought it was X-Men Reminiscence. And X-Men, the Reminiscence was the subtitle because it had Hugh Jackman in it. And he's like, wait, wait, is that, that, is, that is Wolverine, right? And I'm like, it's 15 minutes into the movie, man. <laughs> X-Men reminiscence. X-Men, there yeah, you go. It sounds like a uh, subtitle to an X-Men film. Well, it shows how the rest how shit the last X-Men films were. If this film has got nothing to do with it, he still thinks it's a better one. <laughs> it probably is. It, it's it's entirely better. Um I, the only thing I would say to you, Danny, is I would I would recommend that you read the story about um I'm gonna say this name incorrectly, Eurydice. Um before you watch it because it is it parallels the movie and it will it influences what you think about the movie okay okay i might get you to just to clarify what that name is um it's a greek it's one of the greeks when, when we're done with the show yeah. yeah i'll shoot it to you in a slack cool all right anything Sweet. else anything else and you guys have to say would like to talk about anything anything let's go welcome back danny woohoo uh, no, I got. I, obviously, you guys, you guys have covered all the things that I've been watching and 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 stuff, catching up on stuff that I've missed, etc. And there's no need to go rehash this stuff. But I've no doubt over the coming weeks, I'll be asking you questions about did you talk about this and this and this, and I'll I'll have oh, some yeah. sort of uh, I'll have some sort of uh, input on that, like the previous Ted Lasso comment, which you know doesn't need to be discussed anymore, Jonesy. You don't need I'm, to. I'm going to send. It, I'm going to send it to you anyway. I'm going to send you all the backlash. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but anyway all right Fine. well groovy gentlemen um thanks it's been awesome nick where can you be found i'm at geeky nick doll on twitter and i also do marvel multiverse mayhem which comes out thursday so we discuss that week's marvel tv show I and danny where can you be found i can't can't be found you're off the grid I'm off the grid again. <laughs> yeah, I'm still occasionally dipping my toe back into the Twitterverse um, at uh, Danny K. Bartlett, uh, and that at the moment will be it. But I'll also be jumping back onto the uh, Discord channel too to see what's going on there. So, yeah, those two places, best place to, to, to catch me. Okay, listen. If you can. Catch me if you can. <laughs> so, folks, here's what I'd like from you. For all the folks that are listening to this, if you could do me a favor, Go on uh, Apple Podcasts, rate the podcast. I'd really appreciate that. If you just drop a few lines, let us know what you think. Let us know how we can improve. That would be great. Um, We're always looking for uh, folks out there who are listening to tell us what they think. So that'd be much appreciated. Other than that, LRM has other great programs on the website for you to either listen to and great reading material for you. So go check out those articles and podcasts where else but lrmonline.com of course you can find me brandon jones at sir jones on twitter and instagram and right here on breaking geek radio podcast folks as always thanks for listening and we will catch you on the next one hasta lasagna don't get any on ya. do we still do that thing you do jammer's you been doing still it. do man. <laughs> mission accomplished
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.